I'm really pleased you've joined us uh, this morning for Church Online. Uh, what a blessing. Thank you. Of course, things have changed around Willow Park Church. You're online. Uh, on lawn has come to an end. And also the drive-in. Because, yes, uh, this weekend is the first weekend when we can gather in person. So we're having services, of course, at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5.30. So... We're excited about that. It'd be nice to preach to a live audience, to be honest, and to feel the feedback. It will feel amazing. You know, when you preach to 50 down below and 50 up above, it's going to feel really good. Anyway, you'll get a feel of that as we proceed in our service and as we continue, because we'll go live to that message and enjoy all that God wants to teach us. We continue the process of teaching about the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll be speaking about the role of the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament and how Jesus also taught about the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and how that thinking changed with the day of Pentecost. Really interesting and very powerful message for us as Christians living today, what the Lord is asking from us. So as we begin our service, let me pray and I'll ask that the Lord will bless us and encourage us right now. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather in this way. Thank you, Lord, for each individual and family member who is joining us online. And I pray, Lord, that through the preaching of your word, whether at Highway 33 or whether in uh, the mission, I pray, God, that the messages will be clear and powerful. I pray that wherever we are in our own journey and our walk with you, that through today's service, we will take one step closer to you. We will connect with you. That, Lord Jesus, you will become close to us and meet with us, Lord, I pray. How good it is when we can gather together. And, Father, I pray for those that will be gathering in person today, throughout the different sites and in the different venues, for the children in Sunday school and for all the opportunity we have to greet each other and to bless each other. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with your church across the city as the city starts to open up. The different churches that are running different events. And I pray, Lord, for our province at this time. Lord, our province is also being shaken by the really heart-wrenching news of 215 children, unmarked graves being found at a site in Kamloops. And Lord, our heart breaks for this narrative, for this story, for what has been revealed. And Father, I pray for those that have each been touched by grief and by shock and by sorrow, that Lord, you will come in this, this time of profound pain, profound sorrow, as the kind of darkness of Canadian past is being revealed. May we know as a church how to respond. May we know as Canadians how to respond in your love and in your healing grace, I ask. 
how we respond in action and the things that we should say and do to support our indigenous community, Lord. Help us, I pray. And Lord, we do, um, we do humble ourselves before you. We do, Lord, sometimes we do not have words to speak. And often our prayers are simply groans and sighs and tears. And Lord, I feel like that as I read the newspapers, as I listen to people sharing their stories who have been residents of these homes and they tell of their own experience. Lord, it makes me grieve and groan and I feel the pain in their story. So Lord, help us as a province, help us as a nation, help the faith community, the church to respond in the right action, in the right way, I ask in Jesus' name. And we pray for our brothers and sisters and for our families and all those in Kamloops as they become uh, the center of focus. I know, Lord, many pastors there and I pray that you'll give them wisdom for the church community as they respond. I know they're looking at different ways. And for the Lord, uh, the First Nations community there, Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus. May your comfort and your peace. May you meet, Lord, that community with your love, I ask in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm sure you're like me. You've been reading the papers and watching the news and taking time to process and reflect on all the information. I've been having lots of conversations with young adults. I've been trying to connect with people I know who, um, who heritage is from um, uh, Aboriginal community and just trying to listen and sense uh, our hearts cry as Christians, which is also always love and grace and listen to the narratives and the stories that have been told. So as we worship together, uh, why don't you take extra time to pray uh, into these uh, national issues and as you Open God's words. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in your prayers and in your thoughts as well. So bless you. And as we step into worship, may you find the peace and the presence and the guidance and the teaching of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Good morning, Wheel Apart Church. Thank you so much for coming. As we go through this Holy Spirit series we are we are looking to the holy spirit to place us towards jesus and in that the power of the holy spirit breaks bonds and it and it brings healing and miracles and shatters addictions and brings revival and this song is a new song but i want to celebrate what god is doing even though it seems like he may not be doing something or things may not be looking how we want them we want to pray for a revival we want to pray his healing spirit and Jesus would heal this land. So let's sing together.
could it be that a move of God is coming? Can you feel all the ground beneath us shaking? Let it be this day on earth, cause we're all kingdom dreamers. Could it be we'll see miracles and healings as we pray? Shatter all addictions Let it be this day on earth Cause we're all kingdom dreamers God, let your will be done Heaven come down God, let your fire fall Heaven come down We sing a kingdom song Open up the gates we can see the kings coming Could it be We will stand here undivided And we'll see Your holy church united Let it be this day on earth Cause we're all kingdom dreamers Could it be Darkness will be silent on our streets. There'll be peace instead of violence. Let it be this day on earth. Cause we're all kingdom dreamers. Don't let your will be done. Heaven come down. God let your fire fall. Heaven come down. We
heaven come down. Heaven come down, God let your fire fall. Heaven come down, we see your kingdom so open up the gates so we can see the kings coming. Father, we pray that we would, we would see your kingdom coming. The darkness will be silenced in our streets. There will be peace from the violence. We'd see your spirit reign and we'd see your love wash over us, Jesus. We do ask for a renewal of your spirit. a renewal in our hearts and a renewal in our minds and a renewal in our lives that we would worship you and see your kingdom come. The sun sets free. 
thank you that your Holy Spirit pushes us to Jesus to understand the power in the name of Jesus and your spirit living in us proclaims your name Jesus and we are so grateful for that as we go through this service as we go through our time we just ask that your spirit rest in us placing us blowing us towards your son Jesus to know you God more more intimately in your name Well, we're going to step now after that worship time into uh, communion. So if you'd like to gather your emblems and be ready to pray together and to think about all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done. But what a way to finish. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. Everything we're about And everything we want to reflect is Jesus. I don't know how often you read the Gospels, but we should submerge ourselves into the Gospels because we see the the life that Jesus lived, the things he spoke about, his reaction to religion, his reaction to power, his reaction to money, his reaction to injustice. Of course, the clear message of the Gospels is that Jesus came as Messiah. And he came with a mission, and that was to rescue humanity from its brokenness. As I've already spoken about at the beginning of the service, we are seeing the darkness of humanity and the pain. The stories we're hearing, and it reminds us, That Jesus always came to the most vulnerable, to the weak, and to the broken. Jesus himself said to his disciples in the boat one day when they're in the Sea of Galilee, that they need to be careful of the yeast in the bread of those who are of the Herodian set, the Greek Jews, and the yeast of the Pharisees. Because it can affect us. It can come to us and it can pollute our lives. Uh, What were the Greeks about? Or the Greek Hebrews, really. The house of um, Herod. They were about power. They were about oppression. They were about supremacy. That they were above everybody else. That they were the elite ones. So Jesus never really engaged with that class. He never went to their cities. He never went to Roman cities per se. He kept to the hills of Galilee and the villages and to Jerusalem where the temple was and small outlying villages like Bethany. And of course the Pharisees, well... They represent everybody who thinks they've got it together religiously and yet they've now got a heart of stone. And I think the one thing we mustn't do is allow ourselves to become intoxicated by our own power and wealth and position. Or become intoxicated by our own religious righteousness. 
I often say we are all recovering Pharisees. I don't know if there's a support group for recovering Pharisees. But there's a support group for many other people in recovery. But I think I'd probably need to join a support group for recovering Pharisees at times. Because I can too fall into the mistake of being religious and not being led by the beauty of scripture and the teachings of Jesus and Christ's spirit within my own life. And I remember clearly that the reason the Lord Jesus Christ came and was nailed to the cross was to die in my place because I'm a condemned wretched sinner who needs salvation. So the bread, dear friends. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the body of Christ. Which was broken for me. Thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed me. You have paid the price through your body broken and through your blood. Take a moment and examine yourself and ask, is there any way, anything I need to confess? Scripture says, examine yourself before you take communion. The body of Christ broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. It is a strange thing to talk about the blood of somebody. The blood of Jesus. It was a strange language for me to learn when I first became a Christian in my mid-teens. I had to have it explained. I had to understand it. And I realized very quickly that it was, it was that sacrificial act of God's love the blood of animals and sacrifices throughout the ages never could atone for the universal problem of sin. It took God himself, who is eternal, to deal with the universal problem of sin by dying in our place and being our substitution. I can only say that that message changed the rest of my life truly changed me. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can take away our sin. We sing that. So friends, please, the blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world, drink it and remember him.
Amen. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're going to go over now to the Willow One News and hear all that's going on with Willow Park Church. Uh, we're unstoppable. We'll keep moving forward. And we're going to step into the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Enjoy your message and be blessed. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us at Church Online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. We are so happy to welcome so many of you back to our church buildings. We have indoor and in-person services at each of our locations, and our service times have also changed. Please check your emails from us for details on how to register each week. You can also visit our website for more information at willowparkchurch.com dwell. We are now offering in-person kids church at both our Rutland and Mission locations. In Rutland, it's age four to grade five, and in the Mission, it's birth to grade five. Because Kids Church now coincides with some of our new dwell services, we will need you to register your kids each week. Kids Church Online will no longer be available while we work towards the opening of all of our classrooms and locations. We look forward to seeing you in person. Visit our website at willowparkchurch.com slash kidschurch for all of the details. Speaking of Kids Church, we are now looking for Kids Church volunteers at all of our locations. Join the Kids Church team by signing up today at willowparkchurch.com slash kidsteam. Registration is now open for our in-person kids camp happening this summer, July 26th to 29th. This half-day camp will be lots of fun for kids age 4 to complete a grade 4. But that's not all. We're also running a preteen adventure camp for kids who have completed grade 4 or 5. This camp is happening in the afternoons on July 26th to 29th and will include activities at the church as well as an off-site adventure every day. Register today. This summer, you are invited to our Willow Park Church campout happening at Pines Bible Camp. Camping is available July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities for all ages planned for the weekend of July 9th to 12th. We still have some camping spots available, but register today as space is limited. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, isn't that wonderful? Isn't it great to be back together when Jordan started off? I thought, yes, it'd be so good and, and so wonderful. And um, just to hear you clapping, I was going to suggest, let's have a clap, but you already beat me to it. You're such a joyous group, aren't you? I'm so excited. Thank you, Jordan, for leading us. That was lovely. And Shelley and Curtis, and I'm glad that you've joined us this morning. We want to take a moment and we're going to pray for two of our missionaries, the Crandalls, who are leaving very soon for their next assignment. I'm going to invite them to come up and join me on the stage. And then we're going to take a moment to pray for them and bless them. Uh, they, uh, of course, many of you know a little bit of their story. If you see their newsletter, they were 
uh, on assignment towards uh, Tanzania, Africa, but it became apparent that the uh, mission-based location wasn't prepared for transition and a lot more work needed to be done. And, uh, and I know that the candles then stepped back and they really sought the Lord. Of course, they've been involved in mission work for over 10 years out of Willow Park Church uh, with YWAM. And now they've got a new assignment. So hooray. And you're leaving on the 16th of June. So we're going to commission you. So if you're joining us online, we're going to commission the Crandalls uh, this, this morning. So tell us, what are you doing? What's happening? So Christy and I will be joining the staff integration team in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii, which is the largest YWAM sending base globally. And we're going to be welcoming the 150 new staff that are coming in June and giving, helping them have a soft place to land. So they're coming from many different nations, and uh, it's a new culture for many of them. So we're going to be there to help them out, take them for coffee, spend time with them, have a listening ear, and uh, really uh, sort of a pastoral role in caring for them as they integrate into their new job. That's fantastic. So you're going to be going to help them out and step with them and and really help them because that's so important, that transition of taking people, they feel disorientated. Now there's 150 staff coming in, but how many volunteers and missionaries go out of that base, do you know? Uh, there's approximately 700 students that come into that uh, base uh, every quarter. And so wow. it's over 2,000 per year sent out into the mission field. Wow. And uh, Christy, how are you feeling about this? And what do you feel the Lord's saying to you about uh, this ministry? Thanks, Phil. Willow Park, we're delighted to be with you this morning. And hello to everyone online. Uh, even my family as far as away as New Zealand is watching. Oh, so, New Zealand. Hello. Yes, and happy anniversary to Stacey's parents today who are watching online. <laughs> uh, we are excited. We're so um, glad that the Lord has laid on our hearts um, the opportunity to be part of this role. And we, we laugh because the Lord has such a sense of humor. We've lived in transition 18 months. Um, and now we're going to help those who are transitioning and just be a really soft place for them to land and, and fan their flame as they engage fully in the ministry that the Lord's called them to in that base and then abroad as well. That's fantastic. So we know how to pray for you. We know that missionaries come, they're disorientated, they need help. They need guidance, they need pastoral care, they need practical support, and then many of them go on to do many things around the world. And for those of us know that YWAM is like the largest mission agency in the history of the world, in fact, in terms of its impact and what it does. So we want to pray for you, we want to commission you, and pray for your family. We know that this Friday you celebrated the final graduation of your daughter. So that's fantastic, isn't it? I know that because I was there. Because um, I was celebrating, not the final graduation, because I've got a 14-year-old boy at the back there. But, um, but yes, n- girl number three. And you were celebrating girl number three as well. We were delighted to celebrate her, her transition into uh, adulthood. Our kids are staying here in Kelowna, so it's new for us to be empty nesters. It's a point of prayer uh, for them and also for us as we transition that way. 
Wow. Well, we want to pray for you and ask that the Lord will, will fill you. I'm going to invite um, any elders here or any supporters or connectors that would like to come and stand around and pray with you. It's lovely to see that the Garcias are here. Uh, this is the first time... Um, that we've seen you in person. And if you'd like to come up, that would be awesome. Uh, Many of you know the Garcias came back from Madrid after 20 years of mission work there. And we are so proud of them. And uh, yes, uh, 20 years. Uh, That's amazing. They haven't retired. They are missionaries uh, on a home assignment by WEC, and they're just praying about what the Lord has, and so uh, we think this is wonderful, and uh, they're on home assignment, and we'll be uh, deputizing and praying and doing different things, so we're going to pray, so it's good to see you. Uh, say hello to all of our friends out there hello. as well. It's good to be home. <laughs> it's good to have you, so... Um, um, Let's pray. Let's pray. If a couple of you would like to pray, and then I'll pray together. Thank you so much, Lord, that you protect us, and you will protect our friends. They go on a mission. Mm. We also go on a mission, but this mission is going to be for now, Kelona. And we are the same place, they be with them. Well, we have been thinking, and we have been knowing that the Lord always was with us there. Thank you so much for all your prayer, because without your prayer, we couldn't do nothing, because you were praying here for us so much, and we want to be continuing praying with our sister and brother here, sending an mission to Lord, you know that they have a special mission for them, and you're going to supply everything in a special, all the prayer from our brothers and sisters here at the Willow Park Church. And we are so saying, we have the experience that the Lord always was there. He never left. He was always there. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for my brother and sister, Chase and Christy. Thank you for their heart. Thank you for their sense of adventure that you take them on and um, that they just follow you. And Lord, we just ask that your spirit go with them and that they will just feel the power of your presence, that they can bless others, that they can, through their experiences in these last uh, years and months, just share that with those who are not sure what's going on, that they can just uh, bless them, give them words of wisdom, and uh, that your spirit will just rest on them in this new mission for them. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Yes. For the Crandall family, God, just pray that you'd be with their kids as they uh, stay home here, Lord. Just bless their house. Um, Protect them, God. And uh, just help them to find their own mission here, Lord, in Kelowna and whatever they do, Lord. Just bless uh, Stacy and Christy as they go, Lord. And then just pray that you give them a new just a new calling in, in what they're doing here, Lord, and you just uh, lead them in the way that you want them to go. Let's stand together. Stacy and Christy, we uh, commission you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit and send you out in the power of the Holy Spirit. May you know the discernment of Christ, the wisdom of Christ. As you minister to missionaries from all over the world that arrive, we pray that you will have a clear sight, a clear mind. Do you have to speak life, health, and, and the blessing of God into their lives in Jesus' name. Bless them, we pray, in the name of Christ. And I pray, Lord, that as it's been a bumpy and turbulent uh, 18 months, I pray, Lord, that all of that turbulence and all of those bruises will simply heal and pass away. And as you join this assignment of the Holy Spirit, may you know the freedom of Christ in Jesus' name. And we free you in the name of Christ to be the missionaries that God has called you to be in the name of Jesus. Be freed and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Well, great. And you know, what amazing thing, having people from New Zealand watching. So that's good. I don't know what time it is in New Zealand. It's probably like 2022 or something. Um, They're like 10 days ahead of us, aren't they? I, I joke, they're probably like, it's probably like tomorrow afternoon or something in Auckland. So I'm really, sorry? 6.37. I won't ask how you know that, but that's awesome. 6.37 in the evening. Yes. Tomorrow. Yeah, I have flown back from Auckland having spoke out there and it's very confusing. You feel like you're doing time travel and you, you... you leave at a certain time and you land before you left. Um, it's great. Well, we continue with our series in the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I want to take you on an adventure and I want to explain to you what the Holy Spirit does in our lives briefly. We've talked about that. I did two weeks, one on the areas of which the Holy Spirit works in our lives and a general flyover, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then I spoke about the seal of the Holy Spirit, which is the immediate and direct work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life that seals the work of God within your life. But, and then uh, last week, Pastor Jordan spoke about the community and about the body and about the hermeneutics of the spirit at work within our body. We'll land back where Pastor Jordan finished. But what I want to do is ask you this question. When somebody becomes a Christian, and I've often experienced this, I've been blessed uh, that I've been able to lead many people to Christ, and I still love to lead people to Christ. But people come and they're led to Christ. And as they're led, I pray a sinner's prayer with them. And different things happen. Sometimes I pray with somebody. I say, what do you feel? And they often say, I feel real peace. Often I pray with people and they say, I say, what is going on? And they said, all shame has lifted off me. I say, well, how do you feel? And they say, well, I feel clean and new by the Holy Spirit in me. They don't always put it that way. I pray for some people and they kind of go, whoa, what was that? What did you just do? Well, I did nothing. That was the Holy Spirit. 
I remember praying with one diamond miner who was about twice my size and I led him to the Lord. Then I prayed that the Holy Spirit would seal that moment and um, he literally jumped off his chair and that terrified me as I was quite terrified of him. His mum had sent him to get right with God. It's always, yeah, he was about 40. But, but he did need to get right with God. The Holy Spirit and the Old Testament. So what I want to talk to you about is what was it like before in the Old Testament with the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought about this? What was going on? How were people saved? What was taking place in the Old Testament and what was happening? Because we know that pretty much all of the evangelical world, wherever you are, whether you're uh, hyper-conservative or whether you're not, or where you are in your journey, we all believe this if we're conversionists and evangelicals, that all believers receive the Spirit and many accompanying blessings simultaneous to the new birth. In other words, when we become a Christian, we receive the Holy Spirit and simultaneously we're experiencing the blessing of God in our lives at that moment, at that time. That's what happens. It changes you. It it changes you completely. And then statement two, that all believers should be open to expect more experiences of the Spirit subsequent to new birth. In other words, it is not the end, it is the beginning of your journey of being a spirit-filled, spirit-led Christian where God is with you and guides you and speaks to you. This is what the journey is all about. And we can't take that away and neither should we take that away. That is important. And I guess the vast majority of the Christian world agree with statement one and agree with statement two. But where the, Old Te- where the Old Testament believers indwelt by the Holy Spirit? This is a really interesting question. I mean, when we think of people like Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, when we think of Moses and we think of David, we think of the prophets, we think of Israel, how did it all work with the Old Testament and how does this work? I mean, when did the New Testament begin? Hmm, I've heard lots of things on this. Maybe it was that time in the Gospels when Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was that time. I can tell you that I'm absolutely convinced personally that the Old Testament transitioned to the New Testament on the day of Pentecost when suddenly the power of God fell on the church and the church was birthed. At that moment, we had the transition because even before... In Acts chapter 1.15, it says, In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. They were believers, like Abraham was a believer, like Jacob was a believer, like David was a believer, like Isaiah was a believer. They were believers right then. So we know that the Old Testament is full of believers. So that's wonderful. But how did this work? Well, The day of Pentecost was the transition day from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, and something remarkable happened. Because up until that point, the Holy Spirit did not work as widely under the Old Covenant as it does under the New Covenant. 
Throughout history, from the birth of the church, the church has grown, the church has exploded, the church has touched lives. I'm into archaeology. I keep that a little secret. But I was reading a report recently of a a Roman villa built around 300 AD in Britain in a place sort of which you'd never have heard of called Essex. And, And this Roman villa within its architecture had hidden Christian symbols and images that for some reason the owner of this great Roman Roman villa decided to implement Christian messaging right the way through the villa. Really, Really interesting. But what I found really interesting was that within something like 250 years after the birth and death and resurrection of Christ, you've got a Roman villa that has Christian finalia within it, albeit discreetly because of the culture, because Christianity had spread all the way around the world to India. Christianity had spread north into Russia. It had gone to the Saxons and the tribes in Germany, and it ended up even amongst the British. That's a miracle that the power of God was working. You know those Brits? They're a funny bunch. Don't like them at all. But there is that, 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 that propelling power. And through that time, God changed the world. But went from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I mean, just look at, what, 110 years ago, 114 years ago, in Azusa Street, uh, 1906, the son of a... Black slave got up, Salwin, got up and preached and ministered and the Holy Spirit fell. And today there are 600, just short of 600 million Pentecostals in the world. The biggest social movement ever of the gospel, ever. God moved in power. So what went on from the old and from the new? Well, I like to think of it this way. When I think of where I was raised, just outside of Worcestershire, there's a railway. Now, if you've ever watched any English films where you have a steam train going through countryside, it was shot on this railway because it goes from Bridge North to Kidderminster through a place called Bewdley, along the River Severn, and they've maintained this beautiful train ride. And anything you see right from 49 steps back in the black and white era all the way through, I guess, to, the, um, to other films and so on, you go all the way through. If, you, if, it's, if it's a station and if it's a train, it's shot on the Seven Valley Railway. So I used to go as a kid and go on the Seven Valley Railway. But it's quite interesting because you start off at Bridge North and as you start off at Bridge North, you get on it and there's all the steam, there's all the movement, there's all the smells, there's everything. And it's one line going down to Kidderminster and you get on it and as kids we go through tunnels and we open all the windows so all the, all the smoke would come into the... Uh, into the area and everybody would get frustrated and, and you go down, you land at, 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 you land with its steam engine, there you would end up in, um, in a place called Kidderminster. And there you walk across the road, 
You get on another modern train that will take you to London, that will take you to Paris, that will take you to Edinburgh, that will take you to Glasgow, that will take you to Birmingham. You're on the same network, but it's completely different. And the Old Testament is the same network with steam engine and coal and located in one place. But on the day of Pentecost, we went from one place to becoming a global movement where the power of God worked globally and has won millions upon millions upon millions of people to Jesus Christ. That's what happened at the day of Pentecost. So how do we understand this moment and how it came together? Well, of course, what we understand is that the Holy Spirit did not work as widely, widely under the Old Covenant. It was narrow. It was basically, you could boil it down to two things, to people and place. The Holy Spirit was resting on people and the Holy Spirit was in a place. It was in Jerusalem. There was a sense, although we know the Spirit of God is everywhere, but in terms of experience... It was manifest in Jerusalem or amongst certain people. It wasn't as wide as it is today. If you've travelled anywhere in the world, and the Crandalls will tell you, and the Garcias will tell you, you can turn up in an airport in Kenya and meet Christians that are full with the Holy Spirit and are born again. And it's like you've met your brothers and your sisters. You can meet them in Beijing, China. You can meet them in Sydney. You can meet them in Kelowna. Yeah. And God is at work. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, but you are to seek a place that the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. So in that place, in Israel, in Jerusalem, in the crossroads of the world, in the most perfectly chosen spot for global change and global influence and global global move, there in Israel, God chose a new place. But of course, I want to remind you that, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So let's go back. We know that we are a new place. We know that God is with us in the church, but let's go back into the Old Testament. So it was narrow and it wasn't as wide and the Holy Spirit was, was, was resting on people, particular people, and resting in places, particular places. Secondly, believers in the Old Testament were saved, it may surprise you, not by law, not by obeying all the commandments, and not by doing all of the process of the 700 plus laws, but by faith still. So how were they saved by faith, you say? How were you saved by faith? Well, the way that you were saved by faith, and I was saved by faith, was I looked back. What did I look back to? I looked back to the life of Christ, to the death of Christ on the cross for my sins and paying the price, and to the resurrection that took place. When I looked back, I, I was saved. How were the Old Testament people saved? Well, they were saved by not looking back, 
because there's nothing to look back to, but by looking forward to what God was going to do. So it was about looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. It was about looking forward to what would God do. It's about looking forward. And this is where we know from Hebrews 11:13, all of these people were still living by faith when they died and they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Abraham. I love Abraham. I've always loved Abraham. From the moment I became a Christian, and the first worship song I sang as a brand new Christian was Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Remember that one? Nod your head, turn around, punch somebody in the face. That's what we did. But, the, but Jesus said, isn't just anybody, Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. <clears throat> so how was Abraham saved? By faith, by seeing the day of the Messiah coming. By believing that the blessing of God would come. By looking forward in the same way that we look backwards. But I'd like to say something to you about looking forward, looking backwards. We live in between where we look backwards for our salvation, but we look forward for the second coming of Jesus. And I think sometimes the church has forgotten how to look forward. And believe me, as this world changes, as social policy and opinion of church life, opinions of Christians and of any faith and of so many issues are shifting the tide within human culture, I want to tell you that the only way that we will move forward is yes, receiving what Christ did in the past, but looking forward with urgency to what Christ is going to do in the future when Christ Jesus returns. We've got to live in this tension, this tension that we look back, but we look forward. The new heavens, the new earth, the new creation. And so Father Abraham had a wonderful little party himself with no doubt fireworks and balloons and excited about the day that he would see Jesus come. Those are words of Jesus. Third, believers in the Old Testament were regenerated by the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by regenerated? I mean the Holy Spirit engaged within their lives and spoke to them and changed them and used them and guided them. You say, who? Well, just look at the life of Moses. God got hold of him. The cloud was with him. Gave him that power. Look at the life of Gideon, a man who was lost in pagan worship, had a faint understanding of God, and the angel of the Lord came to him, and it says the Holy Spirit came to him and used him. Look at the life of David, came to him and used him and filled him. There were numerous believers, the prophets, etc., who had an experience and a guidance with the Holy Spirit in their lives. And by regenerated, I mean that they lived in the full knowledge and guidance of the Spirit leading and guiding them. Interesting that when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, still in the Old Testament, 
conversation. Jesus kind of goes, really, Nicodemus? You don't get this? And you are a teacher of the law? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. What things? That the Spirit blows wherever it goes. The Spirit moves. That you have to be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you don't get this. You didn't see the Spirit leading Elijah. You didn't see the Spirit leading Moses. You didn't see the Spirit at work in Israel. You haven't seen the work of the Spirit blowing and moving. Don't you realize that it's about a work of the Spirit, not just about a work of the law? And he's speaking from that perspective of Old Testament, but with that very strong prophetic sense of what we would experience ourselves of being born again. But the conversation happened. Fourth, well, how does the Spirit relate to Old Testament believers? Well, God's Spirit dwelt and related to the Old Testament believers through Him being among them. Dwelling among them. The difference with us is that God dwells amongst us, but you and I, God dwells in us. There, God dwelt amongst them. It was it Julius Caesar that went into the temple, and he walked around, and then he made his way into the Holy of Holies, and he was like, well, there's nothing there, it's empty. And you go, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> of course it's empty, because we don't worship an idol or a thing. God is spirit, and God's presence dwells in the temple, and the temple seems empty to you, but it's not empty because this has been the place where the presence of God has always been. The presence of God dwelt in a tabernacle, the presence of God dwelt in a temple, and today the presence of God is sealed in your heart, and the presence of God dwells within the light of the church. And so it was about a place amongst the people. And there is something profound when you go to Jerusalem. There is something, yeah, profoundly deep and spiritual about the presence in, in the land. I, I can't explain it. I never would have thought about it until I experienced it. Then his people record the days of old and the days of Moses, his people where he is, who brought them through the sea and with the shepherd of his flock, where is he who set the Holy Spirit, what? Among them. So what we know is that Israel experienced the shepherding heart of the Father and he set his Holy Spirit among them. So Israel knew that. They rebelled against it. But the Holy Spirit was always meant to be among them and the focus point was the temple where God was present. God's Spirit only came, as we know, in a very small percentage of people. Prophets, kings, who were these kind of people. They were the ones, the Gideons and the, the, the great people of faith that are talked about. The Holy Spirit came upon them. However, I do believe, having studied ancient worlds and read a lot recently about Greek and Roman pagan worship, that within the ancient world there was a spiritual desire. In fact, the Romans thought they were the 
greatest spiritual people that ever walked the planet. And they thought their empire was because they knew how to please every god. And believe me, they had a god for everything. The Romans had a god for everything. They had a god for the, foot pa- for the pavement. They had a god for the front door. They had a god for the, for the eating area. They had a god of the kitchen. They had a god in the bedroom, say no more. They have a god here. They had a god there. I mean, gods were everywhere. And they believed because they pleased the gods, they became the great empire. But I absolutely know that amongst normal people in Israel, they were filled with worship to God because they looked to the temple and it wasn't a God here, a God there. It was Yahweh, their God. God was with them. And God's spirit. Of David, the scripture says that the spirit rushed on him from that day forward. I love that terminology. Rushed on you. I use that terminology about the, the direct and immediacy work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. And I guess sometimes it feels like a rushing moment. There's a moment, a profound power and intimacy when you barely want to leave your prayer because you sense the very affirmation of the presence of God with you in your cupboard where you may have found to seek and to pray to the Lord in your small space. Because you've got that intimacy and that closeness. The Spirit actually came into people in the Old Testament. I've sort of, generally this wasn't the case, but amongst, it says in Joshua, Numbers 27, 18, the Spirit came in. Ezekiel, of him that says that the Spirit entered him. Daniel, the Spirit came in him. Daniel 4, 8, verses 9, verse 18, 5 and 11. Amaya, 3 and 8. The prophets also predicted that something massive, some big change from, if you like, the steam engine to the global network, would take place. Now, Ezekiel says, I will give you a new heart. Can I ask you a question? And you're online maybe as well. Have you received a new heart from the Lord? Yes. You've received a new heart from the Lord. The new heart is present in your life. That new heart is there. That's what it's about. We've received a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I'm going to do something remarkable in you. And this has almost become a cliche, but it shouldn't. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See, the prophets, Ezekiel, Joel, they saw the coming of the spirit. They saw an age when suddenly it wouldn't be just to be about a place 
or a group of people, but it will be about the world it, rather than local. It would be global and God's spirit would move in power in a global movement that would usher in the coming age. And one day there'll be a new heavens and a new earth and you and I are part of that coming age. And one day the trumpet will sound and we will know that Christ has returned, but we are his people who are full of his spirit. It's with us. But sometimes, I'm not quite sure where I am in this verse anymore. I kind of feel like I'm an old man dreaming dreams. I used to be really young and I could throw myself around on the soccer pitch, get balls. I was always the goalkeeper. You know, I'll put Collins in goal. I like being in goal. First of all, I could, because I like to think, I could daydream until the ball came towards me. And then I'd dive, get the ball, take it. And I'd fly through the air effortlessly. And I'd land on the ground, my whole body, and I'd jump up and I'd shake it off. Nothing wrong with my body. Today, I need two weeks to get over that experience. Honestly. I'm like, what is going on? Well, whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you've got aches or pains and you've still got a spring in your step, whether you're male or female, whoever you are, the promise of Joel, as preached by Peter, was that the Spirit of the Lord would come on what? Everybody. On all flesh. On all flesh. Jesus' own words tell us that the indwelling spirit would be given after his glorification. He said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be glorified. And then I am going to send you a helper. Somebody to come alongside of you and help you with the pressures and problems and difficulties of life. He said also this. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and you're going to experience springs and rivers of water, living waters flowing through you. This all will happen after my glorification, but wait for it and see it. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living waters will flow from within them. Aren't you thirsty for that? I think this should be part of our life's mission to engage with the God we serve so that rivers of life waters will flow through us. Get rid of the pollution. Get rid of the toxic thoughts. Get rid of the confusion. Get rid of the fear. Get rid of the doubt. Why? Because I have as it were, the rivers of the living water of the Holy Spirit flowing through my very sister. Friends, we all need that. We need that knowledge. Do you know the one thing that takes away the fear of death in a believer's life is when you've experienced the power of the Spirit. Because the same Spirit that is in you Today is the same spirit that fills the whole of heaven and eternity. So the more you surrender the spirit, the less you can fear the future because you know 
you know that you will be reunited with him. Like Paul said, he said, should I, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> it sounds like the old Clash song, doesn't it? Should I stay or should I go? If I go, there'll be trouble. If I stay, there'll be double. Many of you won't even know that song. But Paul's saying, it's better to be with Christ, but I also want to be with you. How could he say that? Because he had the Holy Spirit's presence. And the connection of heaven and earth came together. That's how. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. God is closer to you than you ever imagine, except we don't take the time to come close to God. He's close to us. Paul tells us that we are now the temple in which the Trinity dwells. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You've got the Trinity within you. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? This is what Pastor Jordan preached. And that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are the temple. The Bible trans translators had to add the word together because they wanted to, to illustrate the point that what Paul is saying is the Spirit is in the whole of the church and you together are part of the body of Christ. And that's why church is so important and that's why each other is so important. I mean, look at you. Look around for a moment. Have you ever met such a unique bunch of people? Absolutely different. I'm amazed. I look around this room, I know most of you by name. And I know what you do. I know a bit of your stories now. And we're a funny bunch. Honestly. I mean... And those of you that sat there thinking, I'm not funny, you're the funniest of the lot. Because you're the ones who think that you're not funny. And we're all going, that person's funny. You're funny. You know, you have different thoughts, you have different emotions, you have different talents, you have different political views, keep it off Facebook. You have this, and you have that. You have different personality traits that... And yet, you've got a bunch of us in the same room worshipping the same God. How? How? Because the Spirit indwells in you together. Plural. The Spirit indwells in you together. Plural. But you say, but I always thought that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Well, it's all about you. Well, actually, that's true as well. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So this both, it's an and, not an or. It's the Holy Spirit dwells in the full body of the church, 
and dwells in you individually. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit dwelt amongst them generally and occasionally in individuals. Now, in the New Testament, we're on a different rail, rail network and the Holy Spirit dwells and is in present in all of you. But you have an ability to resist and to quench him. So there's the challenge. Are you drawing closer or are you drawing away? Are you willing to step deeper into God to go closer to him in your journey? Well, we're going to pause right now. I'm going to invite those that are, are going to lead us in one final song. And for those of you that are online, I'm going to pray now. And we're going to let you go. And thank you for joining us. We're so blessed that you've joined us. And, uh, and keep in touch. Come and join us in an in-person service when you feel able to. But we're so appreciative. And we pray. Let's stand together. Lord, whether we're here in person or online, Lord, I pray right now that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit will fill all of our lives and that, Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift that we have been sealed by the direct and immediacy of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that our souls are on fire because of a love for God and we have been sealed because we know that we are authentic believers of you, that we belong to you, that we're secure in you, that we are affirmed in you and that you have our future set in our lives. We are sealed. And help us, Lord, to live in that seal in Jesus' name today. Amen. Thank you online for joining us.